when the imagination ignites. You are pulled into either a world of the fantastic or a world of the dark and twisted. But not everything that is dark and twisted is fiction. And even old stories are based upon some truth. That truth gets recorded in the Pluto Archives. It was a dark and stormy night. Isn't that how all good scary stories start? He replied as he drove the car onto the gravel and parked. He'd been planning this date since he had met Cynthia over a month ago. This place was not for any date. She had to be special since this was his favorite spot. He had asked Cynthia out several times and she always said no. Until now. Cynthia was young. College age, he guessed and had the most amazing smile. Her teeth were perfect, straight, and white. A quality some would deem not important, but to Simon, it meant everything. The fact that she was incredibly smart was also a perk. Simon did not like to have to explain his stories after he told them. It took the thrill out of the telling. Cynthia giggled nervously (laughs) as she replied, I think it's how all scary movies start. We have one problem. It's not raining. Simon's lit slowly started to lift upward until his grin was as big as a Cheshire cat. Minor detail. Now where was I? Cynthia relaxed back into her seat and let Simon continue with his story. He had asked her out multiple times, but it wasn't until he commented on how nice her smile was that she had agreed to go out with him. Even though he had an odd quality to him, the fact that he was interested in her other attributes endeared him to her. Simon resumed. It was a dark and stormy night. Two lovers were taking a car ride out to the Overlook for some alone time. I hope this is not a direct reflection of us, Simon, Cynthia interjected. Simon closed his eyes and resumed his tale. He pulled over onto the gravel patch of the road that overlooks the canyon. They had just begun kissing when his girlfriend heard a scraping on the roof of the car from outside. The boyfriend was so involved in kissing that he did not hear the scraping and wanted to continue with the makeout session. The girlfriend reluctantly acquiesced and they began fogging up the car windows again. A few minutes later, the girlfriend stopped, turning her head to hear the sound better. Did you hear that? She said. This time the boyfriend shook his head yes. He had in fact heard the sound. They sat silent in the car, waiting to hear more. Not even a few minutes passed when they heard... Again. They were overwhelmed with terror, so they decided to start the car and leave. Why did they shut the car off in the first place? Cynthia interrupted. Would it make more sense for them to leave it on and have the radio going and the heat on? That seems mighty inconvenient. Well, it was raining and if they were fogging up the windows, then they must have provided enough heat and maybe he didn't have a radio. Simon stated matter of fact. Maybe it was better to date women who were not intelligent. They at least did not interrupt him mid-story with crazy questions. But that smile of hers was truly stunning. Do you want me to continue with the story or not? She nodded her head in reply. Simon repeated. They were overwhelmed with terror, so they decided to start the car and leave. 
However, the ignition would not turn over, making only a clicking sound. He tried again. By this time, the girlfriend was in tears. They are both terrified as the scrapes on the roof become more consistent. I will go get us help, the boyfriend declared. The girlfriend grabbed his arm, preventing him from opening the car door. You are going to leave me here? She questioned through the tears running down her cheeks. I must get help. I will not be gone long. He kissed her quick, removed her hand from his arm, and left the vehicle. She could scarcely recognize his silhouette walking away with all the rain blocking her view. Simon? Cynthia questioned. Why didn't they use a cell phone to call for help? A cell phone is more realistic than the boyfriend just walking out in the rain and leaving his girl. Simon cringed at the new interruption. He took a deep breath through his nose and out his mouth, relaxing his annoyance. Finally, he responded. The Overlook did not have cell service, so the phones wouldn't work even if they did have them. Why didn't you say that in the beginning? Maybe after the alone time, you could mention that they did not have cell phones because they were in the boonies, Cynthia countered. The irritation in Simon's voice was palpable, but he continues with the story regardless of her rudeness. Where was I? Oh, yes. She could scarcely recognize his silhouette walking away with all the rain beating down. The girlfriend waited in silence straining to hear any outside noise that were diminished because of the raging thunderstorm. Ten minutes had passed, and there was no scraping sound. Then twenty minutes passed. Nothing. It was at the thirty-minute mark that the scrapes began again. The girlfriend was so scared that she knew she had to leave the car for her own sanity. She gathered up her things and made a plan that she was going to count to ten, then run from the car run as fast as she could home. When she finally reached 10, the girlfriend burst through the car door. At the same time, the scraping sound resumed. She looked up at the roof of the car, and there was her boyfriend, dead, hung from the tree they parked under, missing his left leg. The shoe from his remaining leg was scraping the roof. The car was silent. Simon was waiting for a reaction to his tale, but Cynthia seemed to be in contemplation. Well, he whispered, She slowly turned her head and smiled. Was that supposed to be scary? The look of disbelief radiating from Simon. I know a true terrifying story. Do you want to hear it? This was Simon's date, his plan, and his story to tell. Who did she think she was to hijack his date like this? However, he was intrigued with her proposition. Maybe he could use her story in the future. So he agreed. Let's make this story as real as we can. Things are always scarier when there's a touch of the real in it, she began. It was a dark night, just like tonight. A dark, cloudless sky. Two people were embarking on their first date and had just concluded a great dinner with amazing conversation. The man had suggested to the woman that they go for a ride and continue their chat. The woman agreed, so the man drove them out to the lookout, or the local makeout spot as it was labeled by others. Simon was amazed with the ease she demonstrated when creating stories on the spot. Of course, she was just telling what had already occurred that night. Cynthia continued. The fact that the man had taken her up to the remote spot was not lost on the woman. Cell service would be patchy at best way up here, 
and the classic car he drove would not have a GPS installed to aid in its recovery. Simon looked at her questioningly, but Cynthia did not stop her tail. The man pulled over onto the gravel patch of the road that overlooks the canyon and turned the car off. The woman thought it was odd, as it would be customary to play some romantic music when you take someone to the local makeout spot, but he did not. He proceeds to tell her an old, scary story that children used to tell each other at Camp Kennebec about a man with one leg. He would go out on dark, stormy nights looking for his missing leg. Simon opened his mouth to protest, but Cynthia stopped with her finger. Nope, my story's not done yet. You see, the man did not know he had a reputation. Mothers had warned their daughters about boys like him, boys who liked to hear girls scream and keep prizes from their altercations. Simon's face was stark white. He reached into his pants pocket just to make sure the necklace was still there. I'm not sure where you're going with this, Simon confessed. You don't? Well, then let me continue. Cynthia drew in a deep breath and resumed her story. You see, the man did not know that his newest date had heard about his transgressions and had followed him one night to see if it was true. It was a dark and stormy night, the perfect weather to ensure that no one would be at his favorite spot. He drove the car onto the gravel at the scenic lookout, parked, and turned off the engine. She waited in the rain and watched as the windows of his vintage Shelby Cobra steamed up and became opaque. It was a long time before she could see any movement in the car. Yet even with the damp air saturating her clothes, she stood in the shadows and continued to watch. Cynthia turned in her seat to face Simon. His nervousness was palpable in the little car. He was visibly sweating and the air had a hint of mustiness to it. She smiled at him and continued. The man finally opened his door to exit the vehicle. And as he did, the woman had a faint copper taste in her mouth. She gently touched her lips with her fingers. Was that blood she sampled on the night air? When she looked back at the man, he was on the other side of the car dragging a figure by the hair across the now wet, saturated ground. He pushed the mass over the edge and watched as it descended into the dark depths below. He ceremoniously wiped off his soiled hands onto a handkerchief pushed his wet hair out of his face and proceeded to get into his automobile and drive away. Simon sighed with relief. That wasn't too scary of a story. I'm not done yet. There is more. The woman stayed hidden in the shadows and watched as the man drove away with one less passenger. Now we come back to the current story. You see, the man's current date knew of his hidden desires those he hides from the world. Because of this, she did not want to go out with him originally. Simon started to squirm in his seat, searching for an escape route. But she was getting so hungry. Simon's left hand reached down to open the car door. Cynthia lunged at Simon, placing her hand over top of his and stopping him from opening the door. Uh-uh. Where are you going? Simon Thinking quickly on his feet, smiled at her with his used car salesman smiled and replied, Just thought we needed some air. It's getting stuffy in here. I think we're okay. As Cynthia leaned back from Simon, she inhaled deeply, catching the familiar copper taste in the air. You see, Simon? I stood right there. She pointed to a darkened area in the trees. 
Cynthia noticed that Simon had not taken his hand off the door handle. I watched you fog up this car's windows with that girl. I could even taste blood in the air when you opened the car door. The beating of Simon's heart had quickened, and with it, Cynthia's excitement. However, how did you get all of the blood out of the upholstery? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't date much. His confident manner had receded into a scared schoolboy who was just caught smoking in the bathroom. Cynthia sighed. Really, Simon? I thought we were having such a good night. She leaned into him and twisted his hair in her fingers as she spoke. Amazing dinner, great conversation, nice drive. What's next? Are we going to fog up the windows? Simon was paler than normal with a greenish accompaniment to his cheeks. Cynthia's eyes sparkled with delight. Do you want me to finish the story? Or do you want to? Do you think you know the whole story? Or just parts of it? Hmm. I think I know the ending to this story. Just as those words left Cynthia's mouth, she leapt onto Simon, straddling him and pinning him to the seat of the car with her thighs. Simon went rigid, knowing that any routes for escape were now cut off to him as she pressed him hard to the seat with her uncommon strength. Even in Simon's distress, he knew he needed to think clearly. How was he going to get himself out of this mess? His date knew a bit of his discretions, but that was not the end of the world. Simon prided himself on his intellect. He removed his fingers from the car door and relaxed both his hands on Cynthia's hips. Cynthia leaned into Simon, taking an exceptionally long breath in. As she pulled back, Simon leaned in, attempting to kiss her. She did not expect this from him, and in her shock, she bit his bottom lip hard, drawing a drop of blood. Oh, what the hell? Simon voiced and touched his now bleeding lip. Cynthia did not apologize, but kept her vision focused on the blood that was now collecting there. She could feel her eyes changing, willing herself to keep control. She shook her head violently back and forth to clear her mind of thought. Did I give you permission to kiss me? She looked at Simon in the eyes as he silently said no. Cynthia leaned down as if to kiss Simon back. As she leaned in, he closed his eyes. She lightly licked his bottom lip that now had dried blood in his place. The temptation of Simon's lips overtaking her, she bit down hard, allowing new blood to flow from the wound. Simon tried to push her away with no avail as her strength overpowered him. Cynthia laughed at the blood escaping his lip. Simon was motionless. He had no idea that there was a female out there that had darker desires than him. But before he could voice that thought to her, he felt a piercing pain in his neck, like someone had just branded him with a hot poker. He tried to scream, but the desire to was leaving his body. He realized that Cynthia was at his neck. Doing what? He wasn't sure. He grabbed the hair at the back of her head and pulled with all his might. It barely moved her head. He tried again, this time catching her attention as she sat back up. Her face came into Simon's view. There was blood running down her chin and her eyes had darkened into coal black. The sound of contentment left her mouth as she licked the remaining blood from her lips. Simon was dumbfounded. How did he get into this situation? How had he been tricked? The moonlight that was peeking into the car through its windows flashed across the elongated canines that were protruding from Cynthia's mouth. It was her teeth. He had wanted her teeth for his necklace. She would have been the main feature on the piece of jewelry. He looked into Cynthia's now dark eyes and mouthed the word, Why?
If you have enjoyed our podcast, please let us know by liking, subscribing, and telling all your friends. See you next time on the Pluto Archives. This story was written by A.D. Morris, narrated by Azure M. Produced and directed by Noah J. Morris. This has been a Puka production. Oh, <laughs> oh,